Hi, this is Daniela Wolf with Bestie Life, the podcast, and this is your community to support you through the little and not so little events that make up your day-to-day life. From the I've got this moments to the Ugh, I just can't moments, we are here to empower all women to find and develop the skills they need to find peace, balance, and the bliss in their busy through solo episodes as well as interviews with amazing women who share their journey and their story and how it works for you. I hope you find the inspirations to make you laugh, think, as well as maybe rethink what you thought you knew and connect as we realize that we are all living similar ups and downs and don't have to do it alone. So excited for you to hear this episode and thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, this is Daniela with Bestie Life, the podcast. And today I am so excited for you to meet Nicole Chumsky. She is the owner of Be Embodied. She's a licensed mental health counselor, a yoga instructor, a meditation coach. And the practice that she has created brings together mental, physical, and spiritual services under one roof so that people can receive this holistic, trauma-informed, collaborative approach to taking care of themselves in the way that they deserve. So thank you so much, Nicole, for joining me today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I know that was a super broad and general intro of all the things to do. So I would love to hear kind of just how did you get into this? What led you into counseling and then branching off into all these other areas? Or I'm, I'm wrong to even assume maybe counseling wasn't where you started, but I would love to just hear your story of where it all began and what brought you to where you are now. Sure. Yeah. Well, you're correct in your assumption. Okay. It <laughs> counseling. Um, I had the idea in undergrad to go biomed. I was like, I'm going to be a doctor. And then I hit orgo and things like that. And I was like, you know what? Let's take a look at what I really wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I knew I wanted to help people. You know, I took a couple uh, ancillary classes in psych and communications just to see, you know, business, just to see what I was interested in and fell in love with psych. It was just love at first sight. It was just that I was fortunate enough to be somebody who knew exactly what they wanted to do in college. So it made the rest of undergrad a cinch because I just took as many psych courses as I could. In addition to, uh, I double majored in community mental health. And so community mental health is what broadened my horizons to the different types of uh, provider you could be, right? You didn't have to just be a psychologist. You could be a social worker like yourself or a mental health counselor like me. Uh, so then I went on and double mastered in mental health counseling and school counseling because okay. originally I focused on kiddos and teens. And uh, so I really wanted a lot of experience with both. And out of school, I started in chemical dependency and started a part-time private practice. And as I was going along, I got another part-time job at the Buffalo Center for the Treatment of Eating Disorders. Mm-hmm. They're no longer around. Oh, um, they were such a great facility, though. Yes. Yeah. So I was fortunate enough to be able to use that as a transition from full-time agency work to full-time private practice because mm-hmm. it was only a year long. It was part-time Uh, And when I got into that population, I fell in love working with eating disorders. They followed a very similar recovery path to people with substance use, but also had all this other complex issues such as trauma and self-esteem and body image. And I just fell in love with the population. It was during that time that I was you know, so immersed in a multidisciplinary approach because especially with people who struggle with eating disorders, 
as a counselor, you really have to collaborate with their medical provider, their nutritionist, and any other support team members that they have. And so when I went out full private practice, you know, I was continuing to specialize in that population. Along my own personal journey, I fell in love with mindfulness and meditation and became an instructor. And through that, I then found the love of yoga. Uh, So for those of you who are yoga practitioners, I kind of did the eight limbs of yoga backwards. I went with asana (laughs) for meditation, then back down to asana. And so with my loves and my deep understanding and appreciation for a multidisciplinary team, I really wanted to bring everything under one roof, you know, especially keeping my eating disorder clients in mind. I wanted them to be able to walk in and see all their providers in one place, their nutritionist, their psychiatrist, their counselor, so that they weren't having to go all over town and hoping that their clinicians were going to call each other and communicate they only had to deal with one front staff, right? One location. They knew that their counselor and their psychiatrist and their nutritionist were regularly discussing their case and working collaboratively on it. And of course, through, you know, one of my other specialties is trauma. I really wanted everything to be trauma informed because the majority of eating disorders do rise out of trauma. And so It was also my goal to make sure that every practitioner in-house was trauma-informed, including the yoga studio. So uh, the yoga studio, all the teachers are trained in what's called mind flow yoga. It's something I created just to help teachers who had, you know, their traditional backgrounds learn the trauma components and the meditation components. So it takes trauma-informed practices and mindfulness meditation practices and weaves them into traditional yoga. So my teachers can still teach vinyasa or yin, but they're still going to take these components and weave them into their classes. Right. Well, so, that's fantastic. Cause you think too, yoga ends up being such a release for people, even if they're not coming in thinking they have trauma. I've heard of so many people that, you know, they're like, I, I ended up in this one pose and I burst into tears, you know, and it, it is such an emotional release. We hold things in our joints and our hips in so many places. So that's so powerful that you weave that all in. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is, you know, we are a whole system. You can't just work on changing your thoughts. Like even in the psychotherapy itself, you can't just work on your thoughts. You have to work on your thoughts, your bodily sensations, your emotions, because they all influence your behaviors. Right. And then there's that spiritual component of you and that health nutritional component, you know, healthy exercise and routine and diet are natural antidepressants. Mm -hmm. Right. So if we're not addressing the whole person, we're not fully serving them. And at least we need to educate them, even if they're not ready to go into a yoga class because maybe they're too anxious or they're not yet ready to meet with a nutritionist. At least when they come to be embodied, they're in that supportive environment that normalizes all of it. You know, if you're sitting in the waiting room, you don't know if you're sitting next to somebody waiting for a yoga class, somebody waiting for psychiatry, somebody waiting for nutrition, counseling, right? Like it's all one. We're all there to heal and we have to heal ourselves as a whole rather than a sum of parts. Absolutely. Because the thing is too, all those things do fit together. You know, you think about if you're upset about something, sometimes people change the way they eat. Maybe they're not going for their workout. And so it's not even the positive benefits you get, but the impact they can have when you're using them in maybe an unhealthy way or using them in a destructive coping kind of way or things like that too, you know? And so I think too, mental health, it's not 
an isolated thing. I think people assume like, oh, I have my life, I have my job, I have my family. And then I have this part where I deal with how I'm feeling. And it's not the case because how you feel affects every other aspect of your life. And so to be able to integrate it and treat it in that holistic way is so powerful. Right. And in addition to that, people still have stigmas for mental health. They think, well, if I have to go see a counselor, then I'm crazy or I'm psychotic or I'm broken. Right. And, and there's still a lot of shame around it. You know, in the last few years, especially since the pandemic, the pandemic was actually very helpful for destigmatizing mental health, mm -hmm. you know, but the stigmas are still out there. So that is, you know, also part of our mission is to destigmatize it because I don't care who you are. You're not going to get out of this life unscathed. You're going to have struggles. You're going to have trials and tribulations, and there's no manual on how to be a human and, and how the brain works and how it all works together. You know, like, therapists in particular, we go to school for years to try and figure out how best to manage these things and the tools and the interventions. And that's what I always stress to my clients is like, you're not born knowing this. Your parents didn't know this or they would have taught it to you, yeah. you know? So it doesn't matter who you are, any walk of life, age, gender, race, you know, talking to somebody who is unbiased, who is just there for you to help you figure out you and get mm -hmm. you where you want to go, who has the training and knowledge to do that is invaluable. Absolutely. I always like the, the phrase, we all have minds, so we all have mental health. Yeah. It's something we all need to think about, just like we all have bodies, so we all think of our physical health. Mental health isn't always a diagnosis. Mental health is coping skills. It's being able to manage good and bad days. It's our reaction to life's hiccups and situations that we don't expect. That's all still part of our mental health because how we respond has that domino effect still in so many ways as well. So sometimes even just maybe learning mindfulness and grounding yourself through yoga can help you have a different response that still affects your peace and your calm and how you feel and how you think about things. Right. Yes. And very rarely do we take time, especially a dedicated hour out of our week for self-reflection and we can only grow through self-reflection. And that's what therapy is all about. You know, mm -hmm. of course there's good at-home practices like journaling and things like that. But if you're not talking to somebody who's unbiased and kind of reflecting back to you, some of the things yeah. that you're saying, um, or the way things you're saying are interpreted, you know, then you, it's hard to challenge oneself. Right. And we don't make change until we get uncomfortable. Yeah, definitely. I always like to look at it too. Like I'm a mirror for the person. I'm not there to take them in and, and change them and be in charge of molding them. I'm there to reflect back to them and help them to hear differently, see differently based on when you say things in your head over and over again, you can start to believe different lies and believe different things. But until you either say them out loud, have somebody else say them to you and you hear them in a different voice, can you really think about them differently? Yes, 100%. It's that objectivity. And we don't have that unless we're specifically trying to, or we have somebody there to help us do that. Because as you mentioned, you're a mirror, you know, people that walk in my door, they already have the strength and the resiliency to get where they want to go. All I do is help guide them. I give them signposts and mm -hmm. education and some skills to supplement. But if they didn't already have the strength and resiliency, my skills would be worthless, right? Mm -hmm. You know, people already innately have that. And, and sometimes it's very easy to forget that we already have what we need. We just sometimes need a little guidance. 
Yep. Guidance, cheerleading, accountability, you know, because I think too, like you said, they have the skills, they have the tools, but we need to make them a practice. And sometimes if we don't have that other piece of someone reminding us to keep doing it, we fall back into those old habits or we do it because we know someone's going to check in on us and ask how we did. And those pieces are so powerful in that transformation, because once it becomes the habit, you own it it's yours, you know, and that's where that road to recovery really comes from. Right. You know, in talking about habits, you know, a lot of times people get worried too, that counselors aren't going to understand them if they haven't gone through what they've gone through. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to necessarily go what you go through, what you've gone through to help you because human behavior is actually quite predictable. We have cliches that stay around for decades or hundreds of years for a reason because they speak to the human condition, right? We have the same, just like we talked about over on your Instagram channel at New Year's, every year people set these resolutions and every year they fall off track, right? Mm -hmm. So there are these predictable human qualities that we have, but we just don't know how to get out of our own way. Yep. So if you guys didn't catch that, she and I did do a live on Instagram. You can still find it on my feed where we talked all about the science behind New Year's, not even resolutions, but setting your intentions for the year and how to stay on track. And and that is just a part of, in general, feeling good all year long, not just at the beginning of the year, not just when you're setting goals, but throughout that entire year. Mm -hmm. Which goes back to your point too, that we know we have physical bodies and physical health that we check up on. We go to yearly, you know, exams and things of that nature, but we tend to forget that we also have mental health, right? Mm -hmm. We have to tend to all year round. We get mental colds, Mm -hmm. right? If you live in Buffalo right now, you have one, you -hmm. know, with the weather lately and the cold and the snow, you know, we've already been in it for quite a few months. It's a struggle for a lot of people you know, and that's mental cold. You will get over it. You'll get through it. It's nothing that you did, but you got to cope with it. You got to treat it just like you would a sinus infection. Absolutely. I have a light box in my office because I know the gray of the incredibly long Buffalo winter absolutely affects me in such a huge way. And I'm very open, you know, with my students and things like that. Like, this is my light box. Let's turn it on. This is the benefits you get from it just from sitting in front of it because I know how it affects me. And I help them to see, like, having that conversation, it's okay, you know, because we all have our own things and we're working through and to normalize that makes it so much easier to be like, Oh yeah, Miss Wolf, can you turn that on today? You know? And that's, I just like that, you know, becomes part of the norm and just part of the, the, the fabric of our conversations. Right. Yeah. Which is any good therapy, right? The things that we talk about become a part of the fabric of their life. Mm-hmm. So to kind of reflect back now personally, cause I know as the counselors, as therapists, we do take on a lot of people's situations, we hear things, you know, we empathize, we can, you know, we're people. And so we we obviously have that emotional response to situations. And so taking care of ourselves can be sometimes hard to remember as well and practice what we preach and all of that kind of stuff. And so what are some of the things that you do regularly to take care of yourself? Because, you know, while you've created this amazing practice, you also still need to practice things for yourself. Yes. So there are some default behaviors that I'm consistently always working on, like learning how to say no. (laughs) And then there's more of my daily practices, right? So that's making sure that I have time every morning to not rush to get to work, that I have time to 
go in my spare room and do some stretching and some yoga and some meditation and not rush through getting ready, have time to eat breakfast and make myself a good lunch. That's a huge piece for me because it sets the tone for the rest of my day, right? Not only am I prepared because I have my meals, I'm well-fed, but I'm not rushed. My brain doesn't start in this frantic mode that just continues. Cause I know once I get to work, there's going to be a lot of fires to put out. Oh, right. Yeah. Especially being a business owner, having two locations, there's the fires out there. And then there's also <laughs> the fires in here with my clients. Right. So my morning routine is very crucial to my self-care uh, and sleep. Mm-hmm. I am greedy with my sleep. I protect my sleep because I know through trial and error for myself that if my sleep gets off track, then so does my eating and so does my mm-hmm. exercise and so does my structure and routine and so does my pleasurable activities. It's like the first domino for me mm-hmm. in the domino effect of my natural antidepressants. You know, whereas other people, specifically people who struggle with ADHD, you know, structure and routine is usually their first domino because without that, they don't have the sleep and the eating and the exercise. Other people are hardwired to need that exercise first because that's what helps them sleep and that's what helps them eat. So I would encourage anybody listening to really think about, okay, if what's the linchpin Mm -hmm. to my mental health, what is that first domino that makes everything else harder? Right. You may have to think of some times where you fell off the wagon with your mental health and just kind of recount backwards. You know, well, what was the first thing to slip? Mm -hmm. Or each time I slip, is there some common occurrence like not getting enough sleep? You know, so there's my day to day activities. And then, like I said before, there's the learning to practice to say no, because as therapists, we are natural helpers. Right. And of course, we want to help. Plus, we have the knowledge to help. Mm -hmm. Right. And so for me, it's really making sure that I say no enough, that I say yes to myself enough, because as I preach to all my clients, you can't give what you don't have. So if there's no gas in my tank, I'm not going to be the best therapist for the Mm -hmm. client sitting in front of me. And that's, and that's a big value of mine, which you and I also talked about values when we were talking about new year's intentions, because if you live a value driven life, you feel purposeful, you feel fulfilled. It's a very big piece of your identity. And so uh, my value is making sure I provide high quality care, but Mm -hmm. if I'm not okay, I can't provide that. Yeah. No, absolutely. Not seeing more than six people in a day. That's what that means for me. You know, it'd be very easy to be like, well, I can just take one more, just the seventh one. Mm -hmm. But am I going to be my best self? Just as good as I was my, for my first client, for my seventh client, if I know six is my max. Right. And I love so many things you said in there. The first one had to do with that first domino. Cause I was thinking that when you were talking about it as well, like how, it it seems so simple, but so many people, they just look at that massive, I feel stressed, I feel overwhelmed, but to really identify where that first domino was, where it kind of started to go downhill from there, I think is such a great place because it's, it's more tangible. And a lot of things in mental health aren't always tangible, but it's very tangible to be able to then take action. And so to recognize, you know, I'm, I'm the same way. If I don't get enough sleep, I eat too many carbs. Maybe I work out a little bit less because I'm just tired and I don't feel like moving and maybe I snap and then my relationships, you know, have conflict, things like that. Like it can absolutely spiral and domino out of control. And so definitely if you take away anything from this is to be able to stop pause and recognize that first domino is so, so huge. And then like you were also saying, when it came to being able to set, say no, those boundaries, I think that we set 
not only for ourselves, but as a gift to other people to think, you know, our boundaries not only protect us from taking on too much, but it protects other people from not getting the best version of us. It protects our time in a way that then it doesn't conflict with, you know, you take on an extra client and then you can't make another commitment maybe that you have later on because you're, you know, running late or you're overstressed or, and it, it does kind of all build on each other. So some of these things that we think maybe being nice and always saying yes is what's appreciated. I think having boundaries is more appreciated because of the benefit that it gives back to so many other people then. Right. And, and if you think about it, the first domino working on that and working on learning to say no and set boundaries, those are preventative. Mm-hmm. right? Because if you know what that first domino is, like my sleep, I can protect it. So I can potentially more times than not, if I protect my sleep, well, I can prevent that domino effect from happening, right? Not always. We all yeah, <laughs> yeah. things occur, right? But in general, I can be pretty preventive. I can set myself up for success. And same thing with boundaries. If I set those into place, then I'm protecting myself from built up resentment or burnout or, you know, potentially getting angry or irritable at somebody and displacing it because I'm actually mad at myself for having not said no. Right. Mm-hmm. Those are also preventative. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The other area when it comes to self-care that I always love to ask my guests about is gratitude, because I think gratitude is also such a huge part of self-care, you know, giving to others or appreciating the things we have can give back to ourselves so much more. And so I always ask, what are some of the top two to three things that you would say you're the most grateful for? Mm, Good question. I think it would depend on the day because there's a lot of things I'm grateful for, but depending on where my mental health is will depend on what I can reach for. Mm -hmm. So when my mood is, you know, really struggling, maybe I'm having a really stressful week at work and everything feels like it's falling on my head. Um, you know, then I'm just very simple. Like I've got food, water, and shelter. Mm -hmm. Like I'm grateful that I have a house over my head. I've got clean water to drink and I've got food, you know, because on those days, that's really all I can reach for. But on other days where I'm feeling pretty good and I'm practicing gratitude, that list gets really long. It gets really detailed. Everything from 10 minutes of sun that popped out today (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) to loving on my dog who's sitting next to me and just how amazing he is and how far he's come with his training to my husband, uh, to being able to build this beautiful practice and be around other like-minded people, you know? So that's something I like to remind people too, is sometimes gratitude is hard to reach for if we're really depressed or we're really anxious or we're just really feeling, you know, very narrow focused in our life. So go for whatever you can grab because Mm -hmm. gratitude is so strong, but making sure that you practice it on the days you also feel good boosts you on the other days and helps you be more able to access those other things you're grateful for on the days when it's hard to reach. But Mm -hmm. in general, I would say my husband, number one, He's my best friend. He's my confidant. He's, he just makes everything better. He's the best person. He's my favorite human. Um, And then I would say I am grateful for my business and how far I've been able to come with it and be able to work for myself on a daily basis, create and build something that was in my mind that I just wanted to give to our community. And then I would say friends and family because we can't do it without support. Right. No, those are all great great perspectives to take, because I think, especially on those hard days, we're looking for something huge and to remember that it could just be 
the little sliver of sunlight, somebody holding a door, you know, to be able to learn how to find those moments can be so impactful when you need it most. Yeah. Cause you are what you focus on. So even if you practice focusing on those small things, they help. That's the attitude that you start bringing is a gratitude attitude. Yeah, absolutely. So where can people find you? How can they work with you? Lots of different ways. We like to be very accessible. So we're located in Williamsville on Main Street, mm-hmm. Kitty Corner to Lloyd Taco, right next to Williamsville. <laughs> and everybody knows where Lloyd is. And then we're located in Kenmore on Delaware Ave, um, right before you hit the city, headed into the village. And you can access us many different ways. So stopping into our physical locations is always a great idea because our front staff's very well educated on all the services that we have here. So there's a lot of entry points. If you're ready to dive into a service, you could start with nutrition or you could start with mental health counseling. You could start with neurofeedback. You could start with psychiatry. You could start with medical cannabis prescribing. Um, So you could just start with a service right out of the gate You could attend a workshop. So we have a lot of events in our yoga studios in addition to our regular class schedule. So you might be able to attend a sound bath just to come in and experience the space and get to know the people. Uh, Mm -hmm. Sometimes our counselors do workshops. There's one coming up called Tell Me More. It's a mother-daughter workshop. It's part yoga, part um, group group discussions. And, uh, you know, so there's that opportunity. Of course, our regular schedule. So we have uh, trauma-informed yoga six days a week. We have meditation. Meditations are free. Uh, Yoga is in class packages and things of that nature. We also have Qigong. Mm -hmm. And then we also have online resources. If you're not yet ready to step foot in the door, Mm -hmm. uh, you could either do some of your services online. So some of our classes are hybrid. Some of our providers do um, telehealth. But then also we have our Instagram and our Facebook where we're constantly posting inspirational and educational things and resharing inspirational educational things. So it's really helpful to help get your mindset on track just by following our page because it will help you start to self-reflect, but also help bring you up. There's also clips on there from our nutritionist talking about nutritional items. I'm on there talking about things. Steve's on there talking about things. Reddy's always up on there. (laughs) Uh, And then we also, on our website, we have a blog and a vlog. So we have a YouTube channel with meditations and yoga classes and uh, a blog for some of the typical things that we all experience. Um, so there's a lot of different ways to get in connection with us. Uh, people can also rent out our studio if they want to bring a service in like a sound mm-hmm. bath. We have one of those coming up. That'll be mm-hmm. on the website pretty soon here. Um, so there's a lot of different ways to connect with us. I love that because I also know, unfortunately, not all of my listeners are located in Western New York with us. And so the fact that there's hybrid and online ways to still be able to connect and get the benefits of what your um, facility offers is fantastic. So, and all the links will be live in the show notes below. So definitely reach out to Nicole, say hey to her online. And thank you so much, Nicole, for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So much again for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please let me know any questions or comments that you have. Also, if you can please leave an Apple five-star review so that this episode can be shared with more women. There's two quotes that I love. Alone we may be strong, but together we are stronger, as well as when women support each other, incredible things happen. So let's be stronger and incredible together, as well as maybe just have some fun along the way. Thanks so much and talk to you soon. Bye.